And I think these frequencies are exactly like that. What they're what we're doing and what we're attempting to do with this music is to create frequencies that have been either scientifically shown through like binaural beats and different, you know, studies that have been done on like 528, 432, some of these more popular frequencies um, that, you know, help lower the brainwave state. They help to lower the heart rate that, you know, to a more relaxed meditative state. And so putting those frequencies in the music is just basically setting this bar you know, bringing this good friend that's really happy and outgoing, and he's there to remind you. That's what these frequencies are, just there to remind you that everything's going to be all right. Just let it go. Fall into that state of being yourself, right. being relaxed. Um, and from there, all things, you know, are manageable. <laughs> Golden. I'm Luke Story. Je m'appelle Rixa I'm Sarah Gustafson. Hello, I'm Paul Check, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to the Holistic OBGYN podcast. The Holistic OBGYN is me. I'm Nathan Riley. I'm a board-certified OBGYN. I don't, I don't know how I managed to get that because I practice very, very differently from other board-certified OBGYNs. I don't do any more surgeries. I don't do any more pap smears. I leave that to the conventional people. I do a lot of functional medicine. I bring a lot of alternative healing into my practice, and it works. I don't even even know how some of it actually, you know, the the mechanism that some of these things work, but the, it does work. And um, something that seems a little, I don't know, esoteric at times is the healing power of music. My guest today is Ian Morris, who owns, he's the founder of Listening to Smile. The guy is a musical prodigy. Um, I was so impressed by his music and his story. You know, you've probably heard him on Kyle Kingsbury's show and on the Medicine podcast and Paul Check's uh, Living 4D podcast, the guy's an incredible story, and he's an incredible storyteller. His father was a musician, and Ian plays like, I don't even know how many instruments, but he doesn't even know how to read music. He creates, he composes one album per month, which is available at um, his website, Listening to Smile, and um, if you if you check out the show notes or this the podcast description here, if you want to become a member of Listening to Smile, meaning you have access to his entire song library, you can use that link. You'll save 30%. But anyways, I digress. Ian is, uh, I was so impressed by his work that I actually hired him to produce and master a guided meditation with some background music, his own music, voiced by my wife. And you'll hear that, um, you'll hear that meditation if you enroll in the Born Free Method which I'll be telling you a little bit more about later. Um, Ian and I are also going to be working with Mimi Lindquist, um, probably on some meditation tracks for an upcoming course under the Born Free umbrella um, on vaginal and cervical health, but also clearing HPV. We're going to be utilizing Ian's skills to help people connect with their bodies a little bit better, similarly to the Born Free method, where you've got a baby inside of you and you're, we're hoping you connect 
you know, more deeply become more grounded in who you are and, and, and really connecting to this unborn baby that you're going to be welcoming into your family. It's no different for any other health issue. So Ian is really, really gifted in finding the right meditation, uh, or the right, excuse me, the right um, frequency, the right cadence of songs. And he draws from all these sort of cosmic forces in, um, in meditation in order to produce this music. Like I said, he's not out there with like staff and drawing notes. You know, he doesn't read music. He feels music. And that is why I think he's so special. And I wanted to bring him on the show today to talk a little bit about the power of music as a healing modality. Um, like with any episode, we've got to keep the lights on. We've got a couple companies here who have made this episode possible. The first is um, Organifi. Organifi, owned by Drew Canole. I love this man. He and his partner are, are going to be welcoming their first child later this year. I'm going to be there as their birth attendant, which is a huge honor and privilege. I got introduced to Organifi back when I used to live in San Diego when it was a much smaller company. And I used to rely on three blends, their green juice, their red juice, and their gold latte at night. For a limited time, you can get all three canisters. That's one 30-serving canister of each, the green, the red, and the gold, um, at a 20% discount using code BELOVED. If you go to Organifi.com slash BELOVED, it'll be automatically applied. But for a limited time, they're throwing in a 30-count travel pack of their pure blend, which stimulates brain-derived neurotropic factor. Um, it, it helps to reconnect the gut and the brain. It also supports strong cognitive function, memory, focus, clarity. You're going to be getting that uh, free of charge included uh, with the purchase of the Sunrise to Sunset kit that I mentioned before. That's a $70 you know, bonus value. So go to Organifi.com slash Beloved. These are a mainstay of my everyday life. I also am just actually right now sipping on some of their vanilla protein powder, which is delicious. I love Organifi as well because everything's all of their ingredients are gluten-free, glyphosate-free, non-GMO, USDA organic, dairy-free, soy-free, um, I just love it. I just love everything about Organifi. So go and check them out. You're going to love their products as well. The, um, other, the other brand that's sponsoring the show is <laughs> I've become near and dear to BirthFit. I am taking, and uh, as of right now, which is the middle of May 2023, I am completing their BirthFit coaching certification, which is so comprehensive. It's a perfect complement to my Born Free Method course. Uh, Lindsay Cantu is a chiropractor, and she's, she founded BirthFit. She was a CrossFit enthusiast, and as she started working with women, she started finding that there is some really, really, mm, there's, there are a lot of nuances to working with women um, depending on the time of the season, the time of the month, the time of the year. We can't just treat women like small men. And Lindsay realized this as a healthcare practitioner, but also as a coach for women in her gym. And so um, emerging from her observations and her, her clinical experience was BirthFit. So within BirthFit, you're going to learn everything related to nervous system supported strength and conditioning. That really kind of summarizes it. If you're pregnant, if you're postpartum, if you're worried about diastasis recti, if you're worried about the baby not being in the right position, if you're worried about labor not happening you know, soon enough, BirthFit has you covered. They have a B community, and for $24.99 per month, you get access to all of their courses. You get access to a community of like-minded women who are really, really interested in, in, in investing in their 
um, their lifestyle in order to have the healthiest, most autonomous birth possible, which of course is everything that I'm all about. You can join their B community uh, for one month free using code BELOVED. Alternatively, if you want to check out their postpartum basics course, you can also use code BELOVED and you'll get access to that course or you get um, 20% off that course. So um, please go to birthfit.com. Check them out. Again, the code is BELOVED. I really, really recommend checking out the B community. I've spoken to their community. My conversation with Lindsay um, is now in the BirthFit coaching course, certification course. I just love them. I love them so much. So go to birthfit.com. Support them. They are doing some incredibly... Uh, important things in the world. Fullwell. Fullwell is another brand who is very much in alignment with me. They make the best prenatal vitamin on the market. You'll find that uh, <laughs> that their their blend has sufficient choline, folate, not folic acid, but folate, vitamin D. You're getting all the B vitamins. I mean, like all of the micronutrients. You get it all in this vitamin. If you compare their prenatal vitamin to any other product at your grocery store, at your fancy schmancy gourmet grocery store whatever there's no comparison um, in fact you actually probably end up paying a lot more for more expensive vitamins that don't even pack a fraction of the nutritional punch that Fullwell's prenatal vitamin um, does i provide it to or i recommend it i should say to all of my pregnant clients or um, my fertility clients in fact my prp program i actually include the full lineup of Fullwell in their uh, in in the um the sort of the goodie box that I send all of my PRP fertility clients along with the functional testing and everything else. So um, in addition to the prenatal vitamin, of course, they have a men's virility vitamin. So if you're on your fertility journey and you're finding it hasn't been as easy as you would like, we're going we're gonna to have you covered there. Um, they also have a nurse nerves tonic, which will help to balance out your nervous system. And of course, a fish oil, everything you really, really could want is provided by Fullwell. Um, whether you're, you're struggling with fertility, you are pregnant, you're postpartum, or you're just trying to live a healthy life, they've got you. So go to fullwell.com, fullwellfertility.com, excuse me. And if you use code BELOVED10, you will save 10% on your purchase. Next up, we have Bioptimizers. Bioptimizers is, uh, was founded by a guy named Wade Lightheart, who uh, has a, a career in bodybuilding. And uh, when I met him at Paul Check's birthday, I was very impressed. He has this incredible energy. He's, he's older than me, but he is so full of life and energy. And it's because he takes really, really good care of himself. So it's no surprise that Bioptimizers um, carries probably the highest quality general health supplements that you could ask for. Um, I love their magnesium breakthrough, especially if you're pregnant, especially if you're in your fertility journey. we got to get your magnesium levels up. Most of us are deficient because we don't eat enough bone broth and that type of thing. Um, Masszymes, um, HCL breakthrough, I take both of those every time that we splurge and get like a burrito at Chipotle or we get uh, a big heavy kind of carb heavy meal like uh, sushi. And then I carry their P3M, their, their probiotic. I carry it with me every time I travel. I was just in Denver for a week of anthroposophic medicine, immersive training, and I took P3M out there with me. And sure enough, I did get like a little tickle in my belly, and the P3M knocked it out. The next day, I felt great. If you want to try Bioptimizers, go to bioptimizers.com slash holistic OBGYN or just enter code BELOVED at checkout, and you'll save yourself 10%. That's some nice cheddar. 
And then last but not least, Rosemary Marin is a sponsor of the show. Rosemary is a um, is the founder of Soul Connections. She draws from years of training in clinical, transpersonal, and interpersonal hypnotherapy, soul integration, and doula work. Um, and and as a as the founder of Soul Connections, she really is a guide for mothers who want to connect with the essence of their babies before conception and um, and while their babies are growing inside their beautiful wombs. Um, the goal here is for you to have a sacred level of connection um, as a backdrop for pregnancy, birth, and of course, when you step into your new parenting shoes. There's also um, a great, she has a great deal of experience helping women and their partners cope with the loss of a pregnancy, a stillbirth, heaven forbid. I mean, it sounds like the most awful thing ever, or even the death of a child that was born alive but had some reason why they weren't ready to stay here earthside. So, whether you're struggling with fertility, you're pregnant, you're postpartum, you've experienced loss, you're trying to grieve through something traumatic that happened uh, related to your pregnancies, Rosemary Marin is going to be able to help you out. Just go to um, rosemarymarin.com. That's R-O-S-E-M-A-R-Y-M-E-R-A-N.com. She will help you out either virtually or she'll see people in person. I think that does it all. We've got our sponsors. You know, Ian Morris is going to just lay it out here. You're going to get to know him really, really well. So without further ado, here's my man, Ian. me man i'm excited to be here people have probably heard you on a lot of you've been on the podcast circuit uh, a mutual friend of ours paul check had you on his show and he and many others have recommended that i connect with you over over time most recently i think jason picard and uh, yeah. a good friend of both of ours uh, but if people have no idea who you are let's talk about ian Let's let's do the uh, we'll do the elevator version of, of how you got to to do what you're doing and then and then let's just let her rip. We're talking all about music yeah. today. Yeah. Well, um, I was really fortunate that my dad was a musician and played a lot of different instruments, um, multi instrumentalist, and I grew up with a lot of music in the house. So, um, yeah, when I I didn't start playing music until I was about eighteen, and then you know got into like punk bands and you know, rock bands and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, just really became really excited about culture, art, graffiti, music, break dancing, all the stuff, right? And then just kind of grew into love of visual art and poetry and uh, things of that nature. So um, yeah, it was just something that has always been with me since a young child. And I um, really got interested in about 2011, 2012, when I got you know, became ill, um, to really look at music through mindfulness and sound healing and frequency in a different way. Mm. And when I started working with uh, meditative music and getting into binaural beats and, you know, more technical scientific um, side of music, it really changed the way I dissected and broke apart songs 
and structures and templates. And I started working with music in a different way for myself when, you know, when I was ill and, um, adding breath work and intention setting to that process became super powerful for me. And so it just, I never looked back. I just kind of changed the direction of my artistic sure. expression and sure. got more into release work and healing. And then thus, you know, listening to smile was born the company. So. Yeah. Listening to smile. And, and I'll, I'll, we're going to be mentioning that a couple of times. If anybody out there wants to uh, you know, license any, any music that you hear from any work that Ian and I do in the future, and there will be multiple projects, including perhaps even putting together a birthing soundtrack in the future. Everything is available at Listening to Smile. I have an affiliate link. Like you can go to my website, and I think there's a little discount there if you go to belovedholistics.com slash shop. Um, as soon as I, I heard, so you and I spoke on the phone, and you sent me an album, and I started playing it for my mushrooms. I'm always growing mushrooms. And yeah. who cares what the mushrooms were feeling? It like immediately put me in a space where I just felt calm. You know, I think I, I wake up oftentimes with a little bit of anxiety because there's so much that I've got going on in my life. And immediately I put it on and, and I was like, can you send me some CDs as well? And I have a little <laughs> CD player, like an old school one that I got from Goodwill for like five bucks. I have it in my garage. And sometimes I'll just go out and vaporize a bag of tobacco and just close my eyes and let's and let the music kind of take over, you know, just like kind of surrender to it. So what you do with music, I think, is 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 quite special. I'd like to get, you know, eventually in this conversation, get into some specific applications where you see this being so useful. But also, yeah. I, I, if you don't mind, since I am a doctor, can you talk a little bit about your period of being ill, your illness? Yeah. So I was extremely overweight. I had played sports my whole life. I went through kind of a dark night of the soul. Um uh, I was diagnosed with a mitral valve prolapse. It's like a little yeah. heart valve issue. And, but I was also diagnosed with a heart arrhythmia. So there, when those worked in conjunction, when you get that irregular heartbeat and that valve issue at the same time, it could almost feel like you're having a heart attack. And it was very, um, mentally taxing yeah. because there were so many times that you're like, I'm dying. There's something, you know, cause it was just so out of the ordinary the, the, the feeling of it. And so, um, a lot of times mitral valve prolapse you'll see develops and, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds. And then usually by the thirties, it starts kind of filtering out or healing or fixing itself, or sometimes corrective surgery is needed. But, um, for me, it did that phase out, but I think it's because I started taking my health, you know, looking at it a little bit different. And, um, so, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, um, you overcome an obstacle and then other obstacles, you know, <laughs> come into the, yeah. into play. Yeah. And maybe it's the choices, uh, you know, each of us have chose on our life paths and we have these obstacles for these, you know, lessons and the gains that come from that. But, uh, for that time of season, I was not in a spiritual state of mind. So it was very kind of why me, kind of victimized, you know, mode of mindset. And yeah. so, uh, really moving into the depression and the, you know, uh, feeling sorry for myself, putting on weight, uh, using food as a crutch, um, getting in kind of depressive states where, you know, I, I remember talking to friends and saying that there was a lot of times I would drink and hang out with people and party. Um, and just hope I didn't wake up the next day. You know, it wasn't that I was yeah. trying to kill myself. It's that I just didn't have the, um, 
mental capacity to handle something I had vested my whole life into from T-ball to high school and been told my whole life I was going to play professional sports. I was a pitcher and I was really good at what I did. And so with that being taken away, there was this hole that was left in an identity crisis, so to speak. And so, um, you know, fast forward to 2011, 2012 there, um, there was a lot of I was breaking out in rashes with food. I had ate my whole life. I was having these reactions to things. Um, and I was getting sick and ill every time I would eat something. It would just, I could, I remember going to the doctor and describing the digestion process like so intricately that the doctor is like laughing. You know, he was like, I'm not trying to laugh, but he's like, I've never heard anyone describe the digestion process to that extreme <laughs> detail. And he's like, it's exactly what happens. But it was something where I remember going almost 10 or 12 days sometimes not eating food because the pain of the digestion was more than the hunger pains, you know, of like not, you know, just being hungry. So um, there was a lot of um, just hard, like I said, dark night of the soul in that. that. And so the books that I came across, I just had some really great people in my life. And, you know, one of the books was Louise, Hey, You Can Heal Your Life. And then uh, that really resonated with me at that time. And then I got Dr. Mitchell Gaynor's book, The Healing Power of Sound. And those books just really helped open me up and to a new perspective and looking at things in a really different way. And so it was just something that I really wanted to pursue because I already had the skills of being a musician and playing music. And, you know, I started exploring that on over the next five years in a really large way, like put all of my time and energy into that because I started seeing results. You know, I remember the first time I put on binaural beats on headset and listened to it. I remember just tears streaming down my face because the, the brainwave state that it set me in, I think it was a theta pattern was the first one that I worked with. I had never felt that kind of peace before Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, and that was something that was really, really, um, eye-opening you know so to speak like third (laughs) eye-opening and so and so it just really helped me to start looking at things in a different way and exploring more holistic um ways of doing things and people you know i lost i I was 320 at my heaviest and uh, lost about 100 pounds in a year you know doing this and so a lot of people would say you know how did you do it and i wasn't really exercising it was literally being able to change my mindset and my perspective so that I could get to a new place where I started looking at food as medicine and looking at food combinations in a more logical, logistical way instead of just what what food is going to make me happy or appease my, you know, uh, depression or, you know, be a crutch for me at that time. So it was just something that without that music, that frequency being able to help me shift that mindset and perspective, I never would have been able to tackle the nutritional value that I needed to look at as well as then eventually adding physical, you know, movement to that equation as well. So it was something that I see as a really crucial part in my healing of helping me to shift that victim uh, mentality mindset to a more hopeful and almost offensive, you know, way of looking at things instead of playing defense or, uh, you know, yeah. So it was just something that was really powerful in that change. 
I think we all know that there's some truth to that. Like if you put heavy metal on while you're, you've got kids running around and whatnot, it just ramps you up. It kind of gets you there. But then if you put on classical music or, you know, some soothing ambient piano or something, it, everybody in the room seems to just kind of lean into that a little bit. I remember out in L.A., there was this place called Sacred Light. It was like a crystal store, but every Wednesday night or something, my wife and I didn't have kids, we would go over there for a sound bath, and it was like 20 bucks, and there'd be a woman playing these these crystal bowls. And I remember there were certain bowls that like grabbed me, and it, mm-hmm. you could go in a very deeply meditative state um, and, it, and especially in a little setting like that, it's very intimate. There's very low light. There's no distraction. And the room is flooded with these sounds. Um, I also went to uh, at least one sound bath in Venice Beach when we were still out, still out in L.A., and it was largely a gong sound bath. But mm. with, the, with the gongs coming you know, to you, and, the, and then there's, of course, this, this like kind of lapping of the waves, and you've seen the, the kind of clouds overhead— I, I remember feeling like I fell asleep, but I don't think I fell asleep. It was like I just kind of was transported in a way. So, you know, without getting into the neuroscience of this, I know, I know a lot of people think like 528 hertz, it's healing. You can go on Spotify and say like 528 hertz healing music or, or whatever. Can you talk a little bit about these these different frequencies and, and maybe how you utilize them, um, given your not only just your personal experience with health issues, but how you've actually yeah. seen it uh, work for other people in some specific scenarios. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I grew up in the church um, and we had a very kind of um, fundamentalist outlook, I think, uh, growing up. And I think a lot of people, when I started making the shift, getting into holistic and getting into more of the spiritual mindset over the last you know, 12, 15 years, a lot of my friends would be like, do you still believe in Jesus? Like this stuff you're into is super woo woo, mm. like out there, <laughs> you know, it's probably doesn't even work like Reiki, you know, they would talk. And it was just interesting to see people's mindset because a lot of people had no clue, but they were just so um, unaware and, and not open to, you know, something that was outside of themselves or their environment up to that point. So um, for me, I think, the way that these frequencies work is really um, there's, you could really explain it really easily. Like we all have these sets of friends and the more we hang out with them, we see how they influence us. And so you start seeing in just these groups of friend networks, even kids at school, when they hang out with different kids that have uh, lower vibration energy, like bullying and um, you know, uh, aggressive, um, you know, angry energy, it, it'll start rubbing off on your kids if they hang out with people like that. You see that all the time. Um, you see it with your, as an adult, you see it with your friends. There's certain friends that come around that are like, the world's ending, everything's horrible, everything's out to get me. And then you have that set of friends that are super sunshine all the time. Right. And you notice, you can start to see the way your energy changes being around these groups of people either you become more shut down and reserved or you become more free and more willing to just be yourself in that group and i think these frequencies are exactly like that what they're what we're doing and what we're attempting to do with this music is to create frequencies that have been either scientifically shown through like binaural beats and different you know studies that have been done on like 528 432 some of these more popular frequencies 
um, that, you know, help lower the brainwave state. They help to lower the heart rate that, you know, to a more relaxed meditative state. And so putting those frequencies in the music is just basically setting this bar, you know, bringing this good friend that's really happy and outgoing. And he's there to remind you. That's what these frequencies are, just there to remind you that everything's going to be all right. Just let it go. Fall into that state of being yourself, right. being relaxed. Um, and from there, all things, you know, are manageable. I believe that whether you have an illness or it's some kind of uh, mental health uh, issue that you're addressing or whether it's just, you know, um, stability and maintaining maintenance of the body, um, I believe that there's a frequency that you can align with that can really be powerful in being that um, guideline or, you know, bar or standard that you're shooting for. And I think that this music... Um, that we're working with very much like the singing bowls that you spoke of, right? Um, I always tell people that singing bowls, pure tones, things that are really working with one specific frequency, there might be some harmonic overtones here and there, but they're working with a note or a frequency. You're really getting into a whole different approach to working with sound because it's almost a note mantra. You know, you're, you're meditating on this note mantra. It's the same note. But if you work with that mantra over a period of weeks or months, you start breaking apart these harmonic overtones. You start hearing different things and you start noticing the way your body is resonating with it because there's not melodic, you know, uh, signatures to deal with. There's not song structures to deal with. It's a note mantra and it's literally connecting with you on a very primal, deep level that allows the brain to, and, you know, the logistical programming and uh, environmental programming that we've gone through to kind of be put to the wayside. And you're really connecting with the soul. You're connecting with the and the essence of the individual on this very, very primal uh, level with sound. And it's just very, very powerful yeah. to, to trigger those meditative states. Yeah, I mean, in given what you went through with your own illness, I know a mitral valve uh, regurgitation or, or prolapse, you know, there's there's a variety of terms that can be applied to what was happening with you. If you were to get really, really anxious and the heart starts pumping faster than it can, you could actually go into, you know, a congestive heart failure pattern. So with right. what you had going on, keeping yourself in a cool, calm, collected state as often as you can, uh, you know, in addition to all of the other lifestyle modifications <laughs> that you possibly can can implement— um, that's really, really critical. It's really, really critical. Yeah. So, uh, you know, how many people out there would just be in a better state of health if they just had some better ambience through which they're swimming through life as opposed to the constant multitasking and everything else? What if you actually did have this sort of baseline um, healing frequency? I'll just use that. It's a, it's a super loose term, but something that actually, like you said, kind of made you feel that state of utter calmness you know, that might actually be what you need in order to be more productive at your job. You might actually need to balance and, and uh, soothe the nervous system a little bit. Um, and you did mention, you know, people who are struggling with really, you know, significant chronic illness, especially as they approach the very end of their, of their life. People listening know that I'm not just a birth doctor that does home births and all the OBGYN stuff, but I also attend a lot of deaths. In fact, I've, I've attended more deaths or attended to people that are very, very close to death. Um, then I have births, and it, it, there was always a dramatic improvement in their breathing patterns. I mean, these are people that are nearly comatose. They're, they're like actively dying, 
And you can actually see a change in their posturing, in their brow, in their breathing rates, in their heart rate, their vitals. Everything changes if you provide a calm environment. And I think you could actually say the same for birth. So why don't we get into a couple, you know, <laughs> you and your partner, Brittany, have been, uh, have been great in entertaining my desires to do these things, but I certainly can't do what you do at Listening to Smile. You know, people have birth, birth playlists and all this, and to each their own. I mean, we made like a thousand song playlist for our first pregnancy, and we didn't even turn it on. Like it was just, there was too many things happening. There's a milieu of other things that were going on, and we just completely forgot about the playlist. Um, yeah. But in our second birth, we had a we did a breathwork session, an effigy breathwork session, um, and the playlist they have is very kind of heavy drumming. It's very rhythmic. There's a cadence to it that you know you're breathing to. It's kind of like a, a conscious hyperventilating, but the music entrances you, uh, you know, alone. And something about that led to my wife having a very beautiful and relatively I'm going to use air quotes on my end if you're not if you're just listening, but an easy birth. Not that any birth is truly easy, but it certainly wasn't. It wasn't the catastrophic type of birth you see on all over the media. So maybe why don't we pick that topic? Why don't we actually start there? Um, unless you wanted to say something about end of life, maybe some personal experience you've had with that. But um, let's talk about the use of music in pregnancy and childbirth. I think this is, I think this is where it's okay. at, man. You and I are going to do, some, <laughs> do some, some lovely work together on this. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, I will touch on the end of life uh, thing. Um, so we've worked with hospice and um, in several different hospice um, organizations, they have actually put our music in every room and made it an option for people oh, to utilize. Beautiful. Yeah. Inside so of that space. And <clears throat> it started off like physically going to those locations and playing instruments for people that were in that transition. And it was really emotional for me. I had never done anything like that before and just getting to know the um the families of mm. you know these patients it was really powerful and the thing that was really neat is that it led to the families even working with the music for the grieving process and having really powerful experiences with the music but um i believe that in e either instance the afterlife i mean the uh, transition for the end of life and the um I mean, even the afterlife, we're probably listening to music in a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother way, yeah. but the, you know, the, the birthing process and the end of life process, I believe what you're really doing is you're cultivating that space. You're, you're setting it up in a way that is energetically in alignment with the outcome that you're looking for. And I think, again, it's like that friend in the room that's holding that positive energy or sacred space for you. And <clears throat> the thing that's really cool about that is I remember um, reading an article where the guy, I cannot remember the author, but he was, um, he had a friend that was passing away and he started reading Rumi to him in this process, you know, and he said that for like a week, he just read Rumi poems to his friend that was, you know, transitioning. And he was saying that they would laugh, you know, about <clears throat> how ecstatically happy and just spiritually in touch this poetry was and it was i was thinking like in a process of someone in that transitional state to be able to give them something like that um and touch them and to almost be this support bridge to the other side i was like i know 
I want my music to be in those opportunities one day because it's humbling and it's amazing, but it's just so neat. It's like why I feel like I'm creating this music is specifically for these types of interactions and opportunities to to help people because I knew what it was like to feel like I was dying and be at the end of my rope and to be in such extreme physical pain. Um, you know, at, at the time I was diagnosed with MS and colon cancer. So that was like right at the same time I had four different you, you specialists were? that I was seeing. Yeah. Ooh, I was man. colon cancer and, and MS. And so um, it took me a year and a half to uh, be, you know, they'll never say that you're cancer free, but I mean, I mean, really, but the, you know, to be cancer free and to be, um, where I would say that the, if I don't get a lot of rest and I'm stressed, I see some of those MS symptoms start to appear, but if I take care of myself wow. and I stay on course with what I'm doing, I feel like the MS symptoms are so minute compared to what I was dealing with in the past. And so, um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to be in these instances and these opportunities because I feel like there's a um, an energy that was so heavy and hard for me to deal with. And I wish that I would have had more music that was in alignment to this because I did find reprieve in some of the binaural beats and some of the music I was getting into. But there wasn't really anything out there at that time that was what we're creating now. And I feel like it's um, just really part of that process. So to be able to be a part of a birthing or the end of life transition is just so, um, I'm, I'm just so humbled and so excited to be a part of that and hope that it helps in some form or fashion. And so we've started getting testimonials from Norway, uh, New Zealand, like just different parts of the world where people have started buying, you know, they found us through Paul Check, like Paul Check being on that podcast, a lot of people st from different parts of the world that we had never uh, stepped foot in started reaching out, buying our music, getting into, uh, you know, the type of um, sound that we were creating. Wow. And so people started writing in about the birthing process, like uh, saying that they were using our shamanic journey uh, for the modern world, volume one and two, they were using these albums because they were drum heavy, like you said, very rhythmic, very primal and very um, root chakra and heart chakra oriented music. And people were using it during the process of the birth. And they were, you know, writing in saying that this was our second child. This was our third child saying this, this birth was yeah. a little bit easier than we've ever experienced before. And they would even say like, you know, as you birth more children, the process gets a little more easy, but they were saying like, this was very powerful in the experience spiritually between my husband and I and the doulas and, you know, just saying that the whole room was brought together in a different way. And, and, you know, that's truly fascinating and just really awesome to be a part of something like that. Like, you know, um, so I just, I feel like there's a lot of, um, opportunities because everybody's different. Some people are going to want like breathing, you know, heavy, uh, focus on breathing and rhythmic drumming. And there's going to be other people that want more ethereal and, you know, more earth, uh, angelic sounds and more, um, soothing, you know, no drums. And so I think what's neat is that we work with people and create these custom albums and processes and even playlists for these specific, um, activities and functions and events, you know? And so it's just really cool to be a part of. 
Yeah, man. Do you have any uh, specific testimonials that, you know, you'd be willing to share? Of course, we don't have to use any identifiers, but, you know, what have people said? Yeah. You know, how has this changed their experience? Well, um, one the guy that's in New Zealand was saying that him and his wife um, started listening to the music and that the first experience was they started meditating together. And so he was saying that, because this was two over the last two years, and so he said the first process was they started meditating together using heart heart chakra, 639 hertz from the solfagio. They started working with that. And he was saying that he felt like it caused triggers for them to come up. And he said, but the music in those instances, when they would have these conversations, they would use it as a go-to. If a trigger came up, they would go to the, the music and they would meditate together and then have a conversation about the trigger. Right. And so I thought that was really cool. One, that he was being so vulnerable, sharing such a part of their relationship and saying that this was adding value to them to work through things in a more peaceful, loving manner. And that was awesome to be a part of that. But then he said their first born child that they brought in the shamanic drumming album. And he said that the drumming, there's even some breathing parts on the uh, volume one that has kind of synchronized breathing with the drumming and rhythmic, you know, um, hand drums. And so he was saying that they kind of used that as a stabilizer for breath, you know, throughout different instances and that they would go back and like replay them and have it just like one of the songs on repeat, even for some of the duration. And um, I just thought it was really, really cool because he was saying that it made the first birth very uh, spiritual and like very powerful in that experience. And I, and it was just really neat. And And to this day, they're still buying albums and still following up with the podcast. And so it was just really neat to be a part of someone's life in that way that, you know, brought some type of ease um, in these different instances. And so that was just really cool and humbling to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your relationship with your partner. How did you guys meet? Yeah. Well, we actually met from Paul Check's podcast. No way. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So she saw me uh, on that podcast and she ended up becoming an affiliate. And over the year that she was an affiliate, we just became friends. We talked, you know, here and there. And then she would ask for help with some events that she was doing. And we just started becoming friends. And, um, you know, I was at a part when I was in California and uh, she, we just, th there was this moment where we both knew like, okay, this is like, turning from, you know, uh, more of a business call or a friendship call into more like, I want to get to know you type mm -hmm. of scenario. So we started entertaining that. And, um, you know, it was just like a very soulmate uh, connection. Um, she's a Leo. I'm a Leo. We both are into music. She plays piano. She's um really great singer. She's on a, a few of the tracks, you know, that we've put out on the last couple albums. And, um, she's just really great um, with strategy, uh, logistically, you know, business. And so she's added a lot of really cool um, energy in that realm in the business. And so for her, I think um, the music and getting involved with listening to Smile brought her out of her cocoon or her shell. And it allowed her to start using her voice more and speaking her truth. And there was just a lot of synergy where there was like almost like the meeting created a, 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 like an unlocking of each person in that experience. And so it was just something that was really, really powerful. And it's just been um, one of the most healing and nurturing relationships I've ever 
had in my life. And, um, you know, she tells me that that's how she feels as well. So it's just a very, um, synergistic soulmate, very spiritual connection. And, um, it was made through, um, you know, the ability of being on the Paul check podcast and just having that exposure and awareness out there. So it was, it was cool. And you guys don't, uh, neither of you have children. Is that right? Brittany has two kids. She has an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old from a previous marriage. And um, so, yeah, the partnership is just uh, a fam- a family unit, you know. Um, and uh, it's been really interesting because getting involved in their life, um, you know, her son, younger son, just started learning to play cello. Uh, and her daughter's really getting into singing and being more creative. And it's just really cool to see how the introduction of music into that household has really opened up each of those people totally. in different ways. You know, yeah. it's been really cool. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Ian here. Um, you've probably heard a little bit about the Born Free Method. This is a the most comprehensive pregnancy and postpartum um, education program out there. Sarah Rosser is one of the farm midwives, one of my dear friends. We've teamed up to create this program, which in essence is uh, over 90 modules um, that you can take that will be dripped to you over eight weeks, but you'll have lifetime access when you enroll. You're going to get any updates in the future. We already have about 10 additional lessons we're going to be adding. So probably in five years, this thing is going to be you know, 80 weeks long. <laughs> Hopefully not. But um, you can take it as many times as you want. And when you enroll, you get 12 months of weekly calls with me and Sarah. That is incredible. We're both experienced clinicians. We've both been to thousands of births collectively. Um, we are not too bias towards the data or towards let's just throw caution to the wind. We want everybody to feel supported, whether they have a home birth, a free birth, a birth center birth, a hospital birth, whether they have a C-section, a vaginal birth, whatever it is, we want everybody and their partners, all women and their partners to be supported in their journey. There's a whole unit for dads, which is not available out there. There's a whole unit on psychedelics and cannabis and MDMA and cocaine and, and what are the pros and cons of all of these things in pregnancy. Um, there is risks, benefits, alternatives to absolutely every intervention under the sun, including, yes, Shmovid and vaccines and, and ultrasound and vitamin K and Rogam and everything. We've covered it all. And we're going to be adding to the course. So you pay us once, you get support for life, no matter how many pregnancies you have in the future. There's nothing quite like this. That's why we had to create it. <laughs> So if you want to enroll, go to bornfreemethod.com. We'd love to have you on one of our upcoming upcoming cohorts. Um, the reason I, I'm bringing this up now is while you're enrolled, you're actually going to hear some of Ian Morris's work, my guest today. Ian helped to produce and master a guided meditation, which is voiced, vocalized by my wife. But then he matched it up with this really, really beautiful um, composition that he composed himself. So that is an exclusive offering at the Born Free Method. We're very, very, very lucky to have a contribution from Ian there. All right, bornfreemethod.com, guys. Want to see you there. Um, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me or Sarah on Instagram. It's Nathan Riley, OBGYN, or just go to bornfreemethod.com. All right, I've bored you enough with this. Let's get back to my conversation with Mr. Ian Morris.
So um, when you create these tracks, I, I want to ask you about childbirth. Well, let's do that first because okay. we'll, we'll okay. get into the actual specifics of producing these soundscapes. Is it okay that I call them soundscapes? Because I actually yeah. don't even think it's music. It is music. Everything's music. Like yeah. your yeah. voice is music. But there's something unique about how you create these tracks and um, maybe we'll have like a little snippet to share at the beginning or the end of this episode. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that after the, after we've um, recorded, but let's actually talk about childbirth for a second. Um, since you don't have kids, have you ever actually been to a birth yourself? Yes. I have friends that, yeah. And just being a part of like house births before. Yeah, so that yeah. was interesting. It's but called a yeah. home birth, Ian, not a house birth. Okay. Okay. okay sorry. Home birth. <laughs> not, not every home is a house, but every house yeah, is a that's... home, Ian. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm, I'm saying that as if I'm being a shithead and I'm really not. I, I, uh, <laughs> I just want you to, to be familiar cause you're going to be getting to know me really right. well over the years. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so in your experience, I, this is not a softball question. So take a moment to pause and think about this if you'd like, but, um, okay. in having been a part of this journey, this childbirth journey at the very end, of course, it's like the climax of the, of the movie. And, uh, of course it's like a, an Omnimax theater with <laughs> where you're like immersed in this experience. If you're really present with it, uh, the question I want to ask you is where do you think babies come from? <laughs> it's interesting. So we just had this conversation with, uh, Brittany's daughter, she's eight and you know, it was interesting cause Brittany's like Ian, <laughs> she was like, you know, and we were even talking about death because she was asking about the birthing process and the death process. Like, where do we go when we die? And so my answer to her was, I believe that there is a hall of souls, you know, that there's this um, source energy where consciousness derives and that I believe that these experiences, these skin suits and this, you know, um, peripheral like body suit that we're in, um, you know, this consciousness is experiencing this realm, this, you know, perception of reality in this way through this, this skin suit, mm. but our consciousness is much greater and much more than, than what is here. And, you know, I was telling her daughter, I was like, you know, you might be 400 years old, you know, you might be here for the fifth time. You might be older than all of us here, you know, cause she's such a um, wise soul for her age. And, um, but but I, I believe that babies, you know, um, the consciousness process comes from a, a source energy that's in this collected, you know, let's say hall of souls, um, and that we come through these bodies and these experiences. And I know this probably sounds weird, and I, I think sometimes I even struggle with this, but I believe that there's these timelines laid out for us. You can look at the astrology of a person at their time of birth and all the way follow them till their, you know, end of, of life and look at their astrology chart. And I mean, if you look at the entire like natal chart and you, especially if you get into Vedic astrology, sure. I mean, it's almost undeniable. You can look at it and be like, that's me. That's yep. 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 You know? And so, and so it's just really interesting that it's almost like we've chosen to take this path through this skin suit that was already laid out beforehand. We made these commitments and these, um, uh, 
you know, um, sacred contracts, you know, to, to live on this path and to learn these lessons in this life. I do think there is an element of free will, but I don't feel like it's exactly what everybody thinks it is. Right. So I think that we have made these contracts, we've made these agreements and we come into this life and that we do have decisions that we make that lead to different timelines. But I believe that children come from the the consciousness of a child comes from into this body from a hall of souls or a source energy collective. um, And we have chosen to experience this. And I do think that some of us have come to be disruptors and some of us have come to learn through following, right? So like there's these positions that everyone has. And so I think that really determines the life um, obstacles that we have and the ease that we have based on the position that we've chosen for this lifetime. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's too crazy, but that's that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> not, not too crazy at all. I think it's a really yeah. relevant question. I ask many of my guests this, the, at least the guests that I think have been thoughtful about it. Um, I don't have a great answer for it, but I mean, there's a variety of philosophies that are really not much in alignment with my training as a doctor that would that would suggest where these souls come from. When is the soul, when is the baby embodied with the soul or some of these other energetic bodies? I mean, these are the types of things where I really feel the vanguard within uh, conscious maternity care is going. Um, and I certainly don't think that there's a right answer, which is why it's so much fun to, to talk about. So, <laughs> yeah. so given everything that you just said, and by the way, I'll add to that, that uh, while I was in residency, it occurred to me that um, I, I have a very, very strong reaction to the moon, the new moon and the full moon. Okay. And my wife does as well, but I have this very, very weird, like I become very agitated, almost aggressive around full moons. It, it kind of it kind of like harkens back to like the werewolves, you know, like these yeah. mythological yeah. creatures. But there's something that changes in me and my neurochemistry. And I just, I have a very hard time keeping it together when I'm around the full moon. So I was thinking, you know, people are like woo woo astrology and this and that well if you meet another i'm a cancer if i meet other cancers we're like instant friends what's your sign i'm just curious uh so i'm a leo uh sun sign and i'm a cancer rising so i yeah so i i feel like when i was younger i had a lot of leo heavy tendencies and i said most people who meet me now they're like yeah you're a cancer right (laughs) (laughs) it's like so it's funny but um Yeah. yeah. Well, so if we think about, you know, this baby's growing inside the uterus, let's say that two women in completely different places in the world get pregnant on September 1st. Let's say that's when sperm and egg meet. Now the baby is, you know, this embryo is implanted and now it's growing. Well, as the planets and the moon and the earth are spinning and rotating around one another, you're going to have different cosmic forces impacting the development of a baby. So when you meet other Leos or Cancers or people who are really dedicated to the practice and study of astrology, they can usually guess what your sign is just after yeah. some short conversations. And I actually, I, I was going to guess that you were in one of those summer months because on yeah. either side of me, the Leos and, and Geminis also tend to be really good friends, terrible lovers uh, for me. And whereas, you know, my wife in Aquarius, some of those winter months, that's where I find that I, there's like more of a romantic connection to people, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. All three of my girls are in the winter, you know, winter months, you know, from November all the way through February, but uh, including my wife, not much, she's not that she's my girl, but, well, she is my girl, but not in that way. (laughs) Um, So as this baby is growing in the uterus, if there's anything to astrology, then 
those babies are going to be under the same cosmic influences, especially if they're in the same hemisphere or down the street from one another. And they're going mm -hmm. to, the, you know, we know that women's cycles in their hormonal systems and ours and ours, but, but women's, uh, they'll menstruate 13 times per year, 13 moons, you know, 13 moon cycles in the year. And when we were more connected with nature, we were seeing more of a, a, a correspondence between our own internal rhythms and the those of outside. Now, granted, we've messed that up a little bit with blue light at night and our, our diurnal rhythms are out of, all out of whack. But if we know that women's uh, hormones and some of those things fluctuate with the moon alone, let alone a lot of these other planetary interactions, why wouldn't those hormonal fluctuations in pregnancy impact the baby if just if we're just looking at this at hormones alone, so every yeah. baby that was conceived on September first goes through the same patterns, these same cosmic influences, um, for nine and a half months, and then when they're born, they're going to have the same sign. Let's say that they're born on the exact same day, they will have all been exposed to that same extra uterine environment cosmically, and that perhaps is important. You know, we, we yeah. say it's woo-woo, but there's something to it because cancers tend to get along with cancers and, and likewise for the other signs. So yeah. there's something to it. Anything you want to add to yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's almost like a resonant energy. I remember I explained this story one time. I really like uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat, the artist, if you're familiar with him. And I'm not. Um, I'm not. not What's uh, he, uh, yeah. He so probably him? one of the... Um, I would say probably one of the most famous African-American artists. He painted with Andy Warhol, um, really little, chi like childlike artwork, just really interesting words, would write words and then scratch them out. And, you know, it was very poetic, uh, his work. But anyways, I was in a store one day and I saw a guy that had the Basquiat crown on. It was just the crown, but it was a symbol that's iconic. And I I pointed at him and he looked at me and I was like, gave him the head nod. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and it's just, it's funny because that resonance, it's like, I'm like, I noticed that you like something cool. And he's like, ah, cool. You like it too. Right. And so I think like energetically, this is going on with people, whether they know it or not, there's this resonance that we're, we're putting out a vibration and someone picks up that vibration and they're like in tune with it. They like feel attracted to talk to that person, whether it's an intimate level or whether it's mm. a friendship or platonic. Um, you know, it's, it's just really interesting that we can acknowledge, like, I like the vibe of this person, or I like this person. I don't really know why, but it's just, it's very similar to what you're saying. It's like, there's some kind of like-mindedness that's putting out this similar vibration and we can pick up that resonance frequency, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. something that we can say, Hey, this is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, gosh, we could riff on that for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me, uh, why don't we get into the actual music? You know, um, hopefully okay. people are going to go to listening to smile.com. Um, if you haven't heard the interview, you, you know, that if they haven't heard the interview that you did with Paul check, I can't remember the episode number, but just type in Ian Morris, Paul check. You'll find it on the living 40 podcast. One of the greatest podcasts out there, in my opinion. Um, but you actually even played some live music there. So you really are a, is the word polymath? That's not really the word. Uh, <laughs> multi multi instrumental musician, I suppose, is the word you used. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you I start? play about twenty twenty five instruments? Twenty five. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so, you don't know how to read music, I guess. I I don't. I yeah. So everything that I do is by ear. And I've learned how. It's so interesting. I'll be jamming with a musician, and they'll say 
you don't read music. And I'll say, no. And they say, well, okay, we're jamming. How did you know to go down here? And I'm like, well, I know what the notes sound like. And they're like, you know what the notes sound like on the guitar? And I'm like, yeah, and piano. And I just know where I need to put my hands and to play. And I, I know scales and some basic, you know, things, but really my brain when I'm working in music really is operating on a level that's not even using theory or logic in any way. It's just an intuitive feeling. And a lot of people, spiritual um, energy workers that I've worked with in the past, they'll say, you know, you've done this multiple lifetimes. It's something that is just really embedded in a part of you. And it's something that, you know, you're doing on such an intuitive, almost like muscle memory level that you're not even having to invest the time and that energy into music theory in this lifetime. And, and, you know, by any means, am I, I'm not saying I'm like the, you know, greatest musician in all of the world. It's just that what I feel like I've done is I have found my voice and music and I found my niche and my unique expression with utilizing frequencies and sound in a way to be effective because I'm using it in release work and healing and I used it in my exact you know, trans, trans, uh, fusion, trans, uh, transformation of like this victimized person mm. in a broken dark night of the soul to a person that is living their mission and, um, on a, uh, you know, uh, creation story to, um, to, you know, basically my, my mission is to create this, uh, awareness around frequency and music in a way that it can be a viable modality for healing and that people don't view it as like woo-woo and outlandish gibberish, you know, that it's something that that they'll spend time with and check out. And so I'm attempting to do that by creating multi-genres multi of music and the frequency, what we call frequency-minded music, and we have a trademark on frequency-minded music. And so it's just that approach is um, what we're wanting to do, create a soundtrack for healing and release work and a soundtrack for someone's emotional, spiritual journey um, for reclaiming themselves, you know, finding themselves, reclaiming themselves in this lifetime. And so, um, yeah, I just, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun process. It, yeah, it really is. Well, why don't you tell me about your process? You know, sometimes I'll smoke some some weed and I'll be falling asleep and I will compose this incredible soundtrack in my head and if i wake up the next morning and remember any of it it's oftentimes hard for me to actually figure out how am i going to put this like i don't know my way up the fretboard i don't have the ear for specific notes um or even octaves you know it's just like that's what it sounded like how do i create that i suspect that you hear <laughs> it and you can just make it come to life in recording so what is your what is your process because i'm really hoping people will will appreciate the fact that you just do this by ear and you can play 25 instruments. I mean, that is a pretty kind of savant <laughs> level weird shit you got going on there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so it started, I was in a band and I just showed up and I played my part. I played guitar and I would just show up and play. And I love touring. Like we would tour, go on tour. Like we uh, played a music festival outside of Chicago. It was 50,000 people. We Ooh. played with like Sixpence, None the Richer, Switchfoot, all these bands. And it was really fun. Like we would tour in the van and just go all over the country. And this was like 2005, 2007 and that range in there. And you know, we, we were on record labels and, you know, recorded in Nashville and like, you know, all over the place. Wow. Well, one day that band ended, you know, and the thing that was interesting was 
being able to still make music, I was like jonesing, you know, I was like really like missed practice. I missed being able to play in front of people. And, and so I was really relying on that combination of all the people, you know, to create that experience. And so what I found was I started, I bought a four track and started recording music. And so to do that, I had to learn how to play other instruments and, you know, um, a capacity that I had not before. So it was like, I would write a, a piano part and then I would play bass and then I was playing drums and then I started playing keyboards and, you know, so I started constructing these songs and the more that I did that, the more fun, like I tell people all the time, like the creative process and music is so much different than art or poetry. I love both of those, but like, it's not just the idea of the note structure or the, the format, like the, the structure of the song, like verse, chorus, bridge, and how you do that. Then you start getting into the mixing and mastering and the effects. Like if you take a guitar part and put distortion on it or reverb on it, or, you know, you're changing the dimension of the song with just this one effect. And so there's lim- there's just limitless possibilities in what you're creating and you can get lost inside of a studio for days, you know, just exploring these possibilities. And mm. so it became something that was so fun um, that I really started recording and started recording other people and getting into the process more. And then when I started listening to Smile, the thing that was interesting was I challenged myself to make an album every month. And so this is seven years now that I've been doing this. So I'm writing the songs and then I'm recording the songs and then I'm mixing and mastering the songs. And, um, I, I, people are like, why do you mix and master yourself? And I'm like, because I'm doing it every month and the amount of mastering houses that will turn around something that quick for you is very low. So I had to learn how to do that for myself. But in that process, and I'm telling you, man, the hardest thing that I've done is not playing the instruments. It's the mixing and mastering. It's one of the hardest things. It's very, it's a craft. There's, you know, geniuses that, just study frequency and, and sound design and and being able to to create a mix. And when, even a live environment is much different than a studio environment. So there's just such a science to it. It took me a good seven, eight years to even feel like I could, you know, feel good about the music that I was putting out in that way. And um, I get a lot of compliments, you know, people saying they like the sound of the music, but I think Again, I just really wanted to create my own sound. So I feel like I found my voice in the mixing and mastering for my music, and I found my voice in the creation process of my music. But um, to answer, to real quickly touch on the process, the process is basically I sit down and I meditate, and I basically ask to be a clear container or vessel, and I'm I'm looking at the astrology. I work with a Vedic astrologer, uh, Tulsi, and Tulsi gives me the basically, you know, three, four months ahead of time, every month's, you know, breakdown. And so I go through those, I meditate on those, and I just ask for spirit to guide me in helping me to create an album that is for the collective energy for that month. And so a lot of times we're pulling from body organ frequencies or chakra frequencies, and then we always pull some planetary frequency that's vital for that month in the mix. And it might be a full moon. It might be a solar eclipse. It might be one of the planets coming out of retrograde or going into retrograde. You know, there's, there's different things that come into account. And so we put together an album and we really focus on 
okay, here's the overall theme. What kind of genres of music do we want to accompany that? What types of per minute, what frequencies and what focuses are we going to um, focus on? So there's a meditative process that starts with that basic information. And then I just feel like it's channeled uh, through me in a very intuitive way. And there's lots of times where, you know, things will channel through for a song in, in a day and it's, you know, it's, it's complete, and, you know, even the mixing and mastering. But then there's other times where it'll take, you know, a few weeks of the month to pull together these deeper, more intricate, you know, songs. And so um, in November last year, I was feeling really inspired and this, the channeling that came through was about 14 string instruments. There was cello, viola, violin on the album. And then there was, um, uh, keyboards and, you know, like a synthesizer, but then root of the song, it was hand drums and the hand drums were very shamanic. And so, but the music was very orchestral. It almost sounded like a soundtrack or, you know, a, wow. a cinema score. And yeah. and I was kind of felt challenged. Like I was like, I don't know what people are going to think about this, but we'll, we'll put it out. This is what I'm called. I'm feeling called to do. And the response from people was just so awesome in the community. People were like, this sounds like something off the Viking, you know, series, like the, <laughs> the Viking show. And, and, and people just really got into it and people were using it for shamanic, you know, journeys. And people were saying that they were, you know, taking journeys and trips on, you know, just this song. The song was about eight minutes Dr drug and they would have the, it on the music is the drug. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. And they were using it as their, uh, their timeline and they were having it on repeat. And uh, one of the guys was telling me that it was just such a profound experience for him. And so it was just, just so neat to be a part of that. But that's really like the process is like, there's times where I really struggle personally because I'm like, this is kind of pushing the bounds a little bit, but we always seem to get these emails where people are really connecting with it. And so I've had to really kind of try to move my yeah. judgment or self uh, out of the process and just really let, come through what is wanting to come through. So, yeah. So, um, you had mentioned this, uh, you've mentioned this sort of shamanic track that you've used that word a couple of times now. Have you found that like, if you and I were to create a, an album together, uh, of course you'd have to go through your whole process, but you've already done this. You, you and Brittany have talked about this. What <laughs> would be the, you know, like, what comes through for you when you think about, you know, either specific frequencies or specific tempos or cadence or melody or drums or what comes through for you as as maybe a a way to support the child, you know, connecting either to the baby um, mm -hmm. prior, which you, you're, you're going to be mixing a track for me in my new upcoming Born Free Method course. Um, what sort of sounds, are, you know, what comes to you when you're thinking about connecting to the baby and really kind of going inward through this very sacred process of having a baby. So total I, that, that I know of, as far as people sharing with us, the birthing, it's been about 16 births of people using this music in those experiences. And, um, everyone that has either directly requested us to, you know, create playlists for these experiences, um, the, Usually what people are resonating to is the root chakra and the heart chakra. These are like kind of the two focal points sure. that people are really 
focusing on grounding and feeling supported and then the the heart, you know, opening the heart and being connected during this process. But I've had a few people in that 16 different groups um, that really wanted to use the crown chakra and also body organs like the lungs. They were real. Um, one of the women was having some kind of um, issues with her lungs during the pregnancy and it was kind of intermittent, like up and down. And so she was saying that she really wanted to focus on the lungs and have them be powerful for this experience and to feel um, almost like a anti-anxiety around that process, not playing some kind of, you know, pain or, or problem in the birthing process. And so, you know, sometimes people will focus on specific uh, frequencies, but um, what I have seen to be powerful across the board, just in those 16 that we have worked in um, was the hand drums, the hand drums and the heart shot just seem to be so powerful in these experiences. And I think like when you talk about heart brain coherence, like when you get into like the heart math Institute, um, one of the things that they talk about in that process is the intention, like the body awareness, like laying your hands on your chest and focusing on there, doing a memory recall, like something that brings you joy in your memory bank. And you bring that up. And so oh, you yeah. have this body awareness on your heart. You have this memory recall in your mind. And then you're really focusing on opening your heart. And this intention with this breath work that they give you is really you know, crucial. And they talk about the frequency that the heart brain generates is almost very similar to the frequencies that the whales communicate on, you know, and you're talking about something that is below the human hearing level. Um, and it's, it's just a really powerful experience. So I think when people focus on the heart and they set an intention for these events, these birthing events, um, and they're focused with a communal focus, you know, a collective focus, whether it's the dual and the the partners and all the people focus on an outcome and an intention you're 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 using this frequency and this music as an amplifier for mm. this outcome that you're already setting the intention for and laying the groundwork for so i think it's just it's again that bar that that guide and that bar that you know um standard that you're setting and it's going to hold that frequency, that note mantra for the duration of that time. And so if you ever feel out of alignment, you can bring your mind and your heart back to this, this tempo set. And I think one of the most beneficial beats per minute I have found, you know, and, um, and these experiences is 85 beats per minute. You know, it's a, it's something that I think that it calms the mothers. And I believe that the babies are even responding because a lot of these births have had, um, uh, very powerful and soothing experiences. Not like, like you said, not a traumatic, like, you know, um, something that you see on TV or, yeah. <laughs> you know, something yeah, of yeah, that yeah. nature. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think like those are just really, there's really powerful things that you can do. And like I said, I think every person will be different in what they're looking for, but I think the commonality is that drums played at a very basic, soft, rhythmic, tempo, you know, um, and then the heart chakra frequency is just really powerful. And, um, you know, there's different sets of chakra frequencies that you can use. Like you've got sulfagio, you've got a chakra set inside the 432, and you've even got the standard tune, which is like the, uh, bowls from India, singing bowls from India. Yeah. 
yeah. that they have, you know, tunings that will work with the the chakras as well. So there's there's a lot to to be open to in that process. When you say hand drum, is it more of like a djembe style drum, like a medium sized drum? Or are we talking bongo or timpani style? Like, kind of curious. About we're talking, that. yeah, we're talking like the grandmother drums. We're talking, oh, drums. Uh, yeah, okay. we're yeah, we're talking, um, uh, you know, frame drums, uh, djembe's, you know, all those types of like. I like a lot of the non high pitch drums. Like bongos would be more of like a high pitch drum, you know, and even some of the the different sounds you can pull from a, a tabla are, you know, higher pitch, but I, I really like the larger, you know, drums that can create a little bit of bass and, you know, bass to me is the placebo. And what I mean by that is lower frequencies really resonate with the human body. Yeah. So anything from like 300, 400 Hertz down to like 20, um, the body is going to resonate with in a, in a more supportive way during a painful process or some kind of process with anxiety. Um, I believe that base is the placebo. Base is something the body can feel. And so then the mind is saying, hey, I feel that it's doing something, right? Oh, yeah. If you play a higher frequency, um, you know, it can be, it can tend to be annoying. So a lot of times what listening to Smile we're doing is we're creating uh, tracks that have binaural beats, you know, as, uh, a, a, um, a more, um, carrier frequency. And then you have these other, you know, bass frequencies and octave frequencies that are blended. And, and these combination of frequencies allows the body to feel supported and also to push the mind in the brainwave state into the state that we're really targeting. So it's just a really powerful process. Man. I'm so glad every time I talk to you, I kind of get giddy. I, I grew up with music playing at all times with like the classic Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, the Eagles, you know, I mean, my mom and dad were just music junkies. We had turntables in the house. We had big, um, um, gosh, what's the Swedish company? Uh, not thinking Storts and Bickle, but I've got tobacco in the mind. Well, you know, Boston <laughs> Acoustics and some, um, Bang and Olufsen, we had like the nice, really nice sound systems. And I remember my dad once putting on, um, like sometimes he would just, we'd be driving and you could tell like a song comes on and he, he kind of just, well, I guess we wouldn't be driving because he would close his eyes and you could just see him feeling it. Like, and, and that is something that we all can resonate with. But I think with so many distractions, we sometimes just stop. Uh, we, we forget to just stop and let and, and feel the music as opposed to, you know, bopping along, which which is totally great. I mean, I'm doing that all day long, but sometimes you just need to close your eyes and feel the music, and that's really what I get from these soundscapes that you've put together. Um, Thanks, we're going to do some really cool projects together, man. I, uh, I really uh, just love that I'm able to support you in this way. Where can people go right now if they want to start jamming um, and... In, in smiling, listening to smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, listening to smile.com is our website, uh, on the website, you, if there's practitioners who want to utilize this music in their practice, we have the proper permissions and license that they can sign up for. They also get, um, involved with the community, uh, monthly calls and, um, and, and things like that. Uh, but it also gives them the ability to resell the music 
you know, to their clients. They can utilize it in social media and things of that nature. It's what we call a multi-use license. That's on the site under the affiliateship or membership tab on our website. And then we also have more information on, you know, what listening to smile does and all of that there. Um, and then YouTube, if you go to YouTube, just listening to smile music, you can find testimonials and some sample playlists and things of that nature on there too. So I love it, man. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, for those of you who are uh, sort of excited about what types of projects Ian and I are going to be working on uh, in collaboration with his partner, Brittany, I think we are going to be uh, rolling out some really, you know, well-crafted albums to complement the work that I'm doing in the birthing space, but perhaps even later in the in the death space. It's kind of one and the same for me in some regards. Um, but of course, we have to consider what's the genre, what does a person like to listen to, but really more importantly, how does the, the music make you feel? So we're going to be working on that, and um, it, it's certainly going to be, um, if you if you want to get a little taste, um, Ian's also going to be mixing a meditation track for connecting to your pregnancy, to your baby, um, throughout your pregnancy, and um, that will be uh, featured within the resource vault um, of a new course that I have launching. By the time you hear this episode, it's probably already already out, but if you want to check that out, it's bornfreemethod.com. Um, and you, in there, you'll find a resource guide as well that will help guide you to listening to Smile if you want more of what Ian's got. And um, Ian, it's been a huge pleasure. Thanks for giving me some of your time today. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Nathan Riley. I've got a practice. I am an OBGYN. I'm also a hospice and palliative care doc. But if you need to find me, if you need some support, anything related to women's health, fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, functional medicine, lifestyle medicine, biogeometry, anthroposophic medicine, um, health coaching, I've got you covered. I do have a couple co health coaches who work with me. I offer a very, very reasonable rate for you to work with them so you can get on the right path. But I do a whole assortment of other things. You can find me at BelovedHolistics.com. Remember, nothing on this show is medical advice. If you want medical advice, you got to hire me as your doctor. And that's not like, if you want it, you got to pay for it. It's that this is a podcast. This is for education. This is for entertainment. And if something here clicks for you, come and find me. I'm super, super busy these days. But if you send me an email, I promise to respond personally. I really, really do. Um, also, Born Free Method is the new course that Sarah Rosser and I launched. Um, it, it's an eight-week course. You get lifetime access, and it's really a lifetime of learning. There's over 250 citations, exercises, checklists, resources. I mean, it is so comprehensive. You heard a little bit about it on the show already. But if you um, want to consider enrolling, of course, when you when you purchase, you pay once. You never pay another dime, even with all of the updates that come for the rest of your life, no matter how many pregnancies you have and no matter how much support you get from the course itself. You're also going to get 12 months of weekly calls with me and Sarah to guide you and to answer any questions. This is for pregnant couples. This is for soon-to-be pregnant couples. It's never too soon to start dialing in your lifestyle so you can have the healthiest, most autonomous, uncomplicated birth you can imagine. Um, I think I've said enough about that. Go to bornfreemethod.com. You're going to just love this. You're going to love, love, love it. And then lastly, support our sponsors. Um, 
please check out the show notes. You'll get all the discount codes. I don't want anybody to have to ever pay full price for anything because these products are so good that I want them in the, in the hands of everybody who needs them. Check out the show notes. The uh, website is belovedholistics.com slash podcast. You'll find all of the comprehensive show notes, but also in the podcast description, you'll see that. And then lastly, a free way to support the show. Supporting the sponsors definitely supports the show. But if you... Um, if you haven't left a five-star review, that's an easy way to show us some love. Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, Apple Podcasts is preferable because it is really kind of what what kind of runs the rankings of podcasts. And we want to make sure that these conversations are getting into as many people's ear holes as possible. And, um, and, and of course, another free way to support the show is to share these episodes. If something clicks with you, show us some love. Either leave a review, share it with your family and friends, share it with your partner. There is something here for everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, for giving me a little bit of your time today. I love you all, and I'll see you next time here on the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Take care.